This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Helen Farmer with you. We were broadcasting live from Spinney's HQ for a very special Farmer's Kitchen. Uh, you can't hear it here, but you can watch it if you head on over to the Dubai Eye 103.8 YouTube channel. We were cooking with Chef Hatham Matar. So if you fancy a bit of a barbecue masterclass, that video is live now. On today's episode, though, we're catching up with the chefs, the industry insiders, the tastemakers, as we spoke to two chefs coming together for an amazing collaboration at Moonrise and covering the slow food movement here in the UAE and a four-hand dinner for you to check out this weekend. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. I'm so happy to have not one but two superstar chefs with us bringing you through the week and giving you something to look forward to. Um, joining us in our Maidan studio, we have got Chef Tristan Farmer and Chef Solomon Haddad. You will know Chef Solomon from Moonrise in Dubai. It is there in the heart of Satwa. 12-seater chef's table concept, bringing Japanese, Middle Eastern flavors, the ultimate third culture menu. It's got both Michelin star and was recently included. World's 50 best. Chef, how are you? Good, how are you? Congratulations on all the accolades. Thank you, thank you so much. Surprised the head fit through the door. It's <laughs> wonderful to have you with us. And Chef Tristan Farmer, wonderful to have you back Hello. in Dubai. Good to be back. Where have you been? I've been in Singapore for the last five years. So previous to that, yes. you were there at uh, Marina Social, right? Correct, that's right. I was uh, working, living in Dubai for three years and left in 2018 and moved back literally one week ago. Oh my goodness. I was actually moving into my apartment this morning, yeah. Well, it's so yeah, great yeah. to have you back because I love the energy that you brought last time and mm. we've missed you a little bit, I have to say. And I think the chef community's changed an awful lot in that time. So much. I'm sure you've noticed the dining yeah. scene. What have you noticed in this, in this even in one week? Uh, I, I would say there's there's a big change in the the, 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 the size of restaurants. That's a big thing. That the sort of quality level has really gone up, and chefs, restaurateurs really focusing on guests and service and, and quality. Um, it's been incredible. Um, the man yeah. next to you is a big part of that. Yeah, very Our true. homegrown hero yeah, yeah, himself. Um, tell us what's bringing you guys together, Solomon. What are you cooking up in the kitchen or? I don't know what's going on. I think, I think you know, like what I what I really like about what we're working on now is like obviously I've done collabs before and I know how to, how the rodeo goes, but like I don't think I've ever seen any two people invest this much time and this much energy mm-hmm. into every single element of of a collaboration because collaboration a lot of times people can focus on the noise and then everything they hope it comes together perfectly on the plate, but like. We were literally in my restaurant till 5:30 a.m. yesterday, and like wow. we're going, like we're going into the details of the details, like as I call it, the bullseye of the bullseye, you know, to like really make sure that like we're really doing something very special together. So that's why we're very excited. My team's excited, and like we're very happy to have Chef. So it's going to be happening at Moonrise. So Tristan, tell us what this collaboration is going to look like from a diner's point of view. What can we look so forward to? The thing for me was we wanted to do something a little bit fun, a little bit different. And for me, it was about coming back to the city and starting to to, to meet people and, and cook and hang out. And that was the, the starting point. And I've been to a lot of collaboration dinners where they're not very interesting, shall we say, or it's a little bit sort of mundane. So I said, let's do something very different. So we talked about the menu format at Moonrise and then basically making every dish Apart from the canopies, every dish is like a collaboration dish and everything has been created just for the event. Can you explain a little bit about the perspective that each of you are bringing? I mean, Solomon, you grew up here. Mm. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about, for anyone that hasn't been to Moonrise, the, the ethos, the, you know, the DNA of the restaurant and how are you preserving that even in collaboration? 
for me, the DNA of Moonrise is like really like being very shameless about representing my culture mm -hmm. and not being embarrassed of it, you know, like, and like my culture as a half French person, as a half Syrian person, as a guy that was born and raised in Dubai, as all of those things coming together in this city. And I think that that really shows in like the colors of my food, in the aggression of the flavors of my dishes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that like, I'm very proud of and I never let go of that, like the, the bombastic, let's say flavors. And I think that that's something that like, we are aware of and like that's why in a lot of the dishes like chef is taking care of the protein and I'm taking care of the sauce you know mm. so it's like everyone is like hyper focusing on what we think when it comes together it make the best possible dish the best possible outcome if that makes any sense yeah it does and, and then from your side chef um Scotsman been in Singapore you're back in Dubai I mean yeah. how cooking Japanese you, food and you've been in you spent some time in in, uh, in Europe as well Copenhagen yeah. I believe yeah. uh, so Stockholm in Stockholm yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so in Stockholm so, in Singapore yeah. so you've got all these different ideas coming together yeah. how is that kind of i guess fermented into your food philosophy is, is, is um the, the thing for me it starts with uh friendship and relationships and actually wanting to cook together is one thing and actually uh i knew that both of us leave our egos outside the door and actually just like talking about food and when you talk to someone as you know when you talk about food passionately you could talk for hours about stuff and share ideas so that was basically the idea and then coming in um, the last five years been a, like uh, working a lot with Japanese products Japanese techniques learning and exploring so much about it I wanted to to, to explore that more with Solomon and so sort of like uh, share new ideas whether it's ingredients um, whether I had an idea and also I looked at trying to take a lot of Middle Eastern flavor profiles and, and, and incorporate that into the style of how I cook. Um, so I would talk to Solomon and say, hey, what about this? How can we make that? So it was a big collaboration of my different style and his style and us working together. And also how much, you know, the availability of UA produce has changed in these last yep. five years as well, yeah, Tristan. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about what exactly is on the menu, so prepare to feel hungry. <laughs> we have got today with us Chef Tristan Farmer and Chef Solomon Haddad. Moonrise, the collaboration, we're going to be finding out the where and the whens and the hows. Um, I can tell you something that's going to be very popular indeed. So you might want to have your phones ready for the booking experience. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. I was going to try and work out the number of influencers around this table, but we've got Syrian, French, Scottish, Swedish, Singaporean, UAE, of course, joining us as we broadcast live from Spinney's Maidan. We've got Chef Tristan Farmer and Chef Solomon Haddad. Chef Tristan was in Dubai five years ago. He's back. We've got some news that we can't quite talk about yet, but we will soon. Yeah. And Chef Solomon Haddad, of course, the main man at Moonrise in Dubai, one of the best regarded restaurants in town. And you're coming together in the kitchen. You were talking before, I think, so beautifully about how to collaborate in a way that feels true to your values. And 100%. Is you know you said the bullseye of the bullseye yeah. you know those those hours that attention to detail and I guess it comes down to feeling really proud of what you're putting on the plate and, and every mm -hmm. element having a purpose. Mm -hmm. It's two days only. It's next week. It is very close to selling out, guys. So what's the best way to book, Solomon? Best way to book is you just have to WhatsApp us or call us on our number, which is on our website. Moonrise. Okay, get over to the website. Come on, make us hungry, Chef Tristan. What are you excited to be serving up next week? Ooh, so many things. Um, we're going to do, uh, where do we start? Where do we start? <laughs> I'm actually doing a dish inspired by the spicy prawns at Book Terre. Oh, are you serious? Yes, I love those serious. spicy yeah, prawns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's one thing that perhaps I'd like to talk about is, uh, so we're using Kuruma Ebi uh, from Japan and also Hotoreka, which is uh, Firefly Squid. 
but we're going to do the spicing, the sort of South Indian sort of spice-inspired uh, crispy fried prawns. I love that um, we're taking direct we, influence. It is something that's a perfect example of uh, using an ingredient that's really in season in Japan right now. Um, talking with Solomon and working out how to do the spicing and then he's going to do an emulsion. We're using the heads to sort of mix it in to make like a dipping sauce. Um, it's going to be incredibly exciting. We're also doing um, some Pyrenean milk-fed lamb. We're doing dry aging, so we're dry aging the lamb, we've got dry aging, we're dry aging the fish. We're cooking everything over charcoal. I've actually got my head chef that's going to be opening a restaurant together. Um, so he's with us, he's cooking. Um, and we're also going to do a Japanese clay pot rice, Don Abbey but in Capsa uh, uh, style. How many courses are we talking, Solomon? I think it's, uh, it depends if you're counting the snacks or not. Mm -hmm. It's anywhere from 10 to 14 courses. Wow, that sounds pretty amazing. Do you have yeah. a sweet tooth? I used to, and? and then I ended up losing my, I used to, I used to be like crazy, because like, you know, growing up in Dubai, I used to eat so much processed sugar. And then like now, like I just taste my sauces every day. So now I'm, I'm not a sweet tooth anymore. Like but I can't go to a tasting menu and finish a dessert. Well, this anymore. is what I wanted to ask you. Please tell mm -hmm. me there's going to be some desserts on the menu. No, no, they're going to be, there's going to be a really, really cool dessert actually. Yep. So we have this amazing uh, sorbet, which we make with lebna and local honey that we get from Fujera. Oh, wow. And chef is going to be using different types of strawberries mm -hmm. in different preparations, different textures, different temperatures. And they're going to be coming together on a plate to make a lebna slash strawberry kind of dessert. That, that one's really cool. That sounds yeah. right at my jabalaya. But my that desserts are not amazing. sweet and neither are his. So I think yeah. it's going to be like right up our alley. Okay, mm -hmm. guys, thank you. Uh, we've run out of time. However... <laughs> I've um, had a number of messages asking for the details. Would you mind just giving the website a shout out, Solomon, for anyone yeah. who wants a really unique dining experience? Two nights only, Monday, Tuesday next week. Yes, how to absolutely. Moon-rise.xyz or moonrise.xyz on Instagram. And then you find the number there and you just message us and we take care of you from there. Tell you what, if you want to send me, send me the word, please, on 4001. Use your manners and I will send you the link so you can get this booked. Oh, yeah. um, I even Googled it for you. 050-697-2946. Those are the guests. You're welcome, like. Chef Solomon. You're a super, superstar. <laughs> chef Tristan Farmer, Chef Solomon Haddad from Moonrise. Two absolute legends coming together for two nights only. And my goodness, I think this is going to be the one that the foodies are going to be talking about for a very long time indeed. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. We love introducing you to the industry insiders. It might be property, it might be law. And because it's Friday, it is all about food. Delighted to welcome from Beef Bar to Beau Thank you so much. I know Thank how you busy you are on Fridays, so I, mean, I really appreciate it. We are, but we always find a moment, you know, for a good occasion to talk about what we do. So thank you very much for the invitation. My pleasure. For anyone that's unaware of the origin story of Beef Bar, where, did, where and when did it all begin? Where do we start where with the origin start? of Beef Bar? Oh, you can go back to 2005, actually. Oh, gosh, really? Beef Bar has been opened the first time in 2005 by uh, Ricardo Girodi, which is basically the owner of the Girodi Group, which were one of the most uh, important distributors of uh, meat of exception in Europe. So, uh, uh, and it has been a long way since. Uh, after a few years now, we're counting like almost 20 or 24 restaurants by now wow. around the world. And obviously, uh, Dubai been one of them. It's been and two of them, I would say, because we got two restaurants in Dubai by now. The main one in Al Nassim, uh, so which is Beef Bar, and Le Petit Beef Bar in the AFC. So. I have to say, Jumeirah Al Nassim is one of my favorite hotels in the whole city it is, it is uh, a beautiful hotel it's an absolutely beautiful hotel and you're next to the Tur turtle lagoon how many years has it been now Tibo, since you opened 
Uh, two years now. Two years. So we just celebrated actually our second anniversary yesterday. Congratulations. So happy uh, birthday. If you see me a little bit, uh, you know, tired today, it's because we are celebrating very Good well. We were very you. happy. We had an amazing party with beautiful response. So uh, two years, yes, officially uh, I think since it's yesterday. I think it in, in any city, it's, you know, an incredible accomplishment to, you know, not just be, you know, surviving, but thriving after two years. We know how tough F&B is, but... Dubai especially, we see record numbers of business licenses being granted for restaurants and cafes and we see an awful lot of places not making it. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, so we have to share the, the market. What's the secret sauce? I mean, the secret, I believe, is to, uh, to, I mean, to understand the market first. It's, I think it's very important when we come with a brand like that, that we understand if it could work. So understand the people that are living in the country, how the country functions, and see if the brands, uh, the, ADN of the, the DNA of the restaurants yeah, can, can really fit. So that's the uh, first things. Uh, after, well, of course, we need to understand the brand. For us, the most important was to, uh, to really get to the source of what Beef Bar was from the owners, and uh, and uh, try to vehiculate that, you know, and translate uh, this uh, this uh, this DNA through the to the market uh, in Dubai and translate it with as much energy as possible because I think this is one of the main points that make a restaurant successful. Have there been any surprises um, in terms of oh gosh, you know, we thought that would do really well, or I never thought that this dish would be so popular in Dubai? You know, coming into this into this market, um, how have you had to evolve? Look, uh, how. I was kind of confident, honestly, because I know Dubai, there's a lot of street food around there. And us have, as a beef bar, uh, creating the elevation of the street food through a high quality product, we know that there was an interest on, uh, on, mm -hmm. uh, on that. And we had really a point to actually uh, get this restaurant evolve, uh, evolve in Dubai. So, uh, so we went through this, uh, through this path uh, with uh, obviously uh, confidence, humbleness, very important for us to, you know, just observe, settle the base of what Beef Bar is about. Yeah, so what I got from Monaco, uh, because I went to Monaco, the chef went to Monaco to really understand what's the origin of the product, establishing the base that helped us to really uh, propose the product that, uh, that we want to, to do and develop it around according to by the commands, you know, being always aware of what people think and, uh, and uh, ready to accept the, you know, the, the, the comments. Thibaut, I want you to make us hungry. If we were going to come into Beef Bar tonight, what should we eat? Can you oh, put together no, a little dream menu for us? Come on, let's imagine your best your best <laughs> friend's flown into Dubai for the weekend. He's like, you've been talking <coughs> about beef bar for two years now. Come and show me how good it is. What, would you, what would you say? Listen, you need to be eating. Da, 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 da. What? You know, that's a tough question. I know. That's a tough question. I'm not even sorry. I work for lots of restaurants. Beef bar is one of them that make it very difficult to make a selection and the selection is really different from one person to another. Different from the culture, what you used to eat, what you, uh, uh, what you lack in general. So that's why we train us, our waiter, to really try to understand the need of our customers so we can, you know, propose uh, a Come menu on, that can, I, I can adapt it. But I'll go to mine. I'll go to Come my on. own preferences. That's what I do with my customer anyway. So uh, <coughs> obviously as a starter, the good things in this menu, and I think we'll get the chance to talk a bit more about it, is like it's divided in, in many areas. So uh, we understand that Beef Bar is not anymore a steakhouse that it used to be when we opened uh, in 2005, and you've got different sections. Uh, so I always advise to have diversity in the section to understand that we do meat, yes, mm -hmm. we do excellent meat, but we do other things. So diversity starts with the rock corn on the leaf side. It's a vegetarian dish. It I is wasn't expecting that. It, it, it is particular, but you know, now we have this mode of the uh, dynamic shrimp. Okay, beef bar 
reinvent everything. Beef bar always twists what are the classic, especially on the street food. So I will start with that, yes, because it's so good. So it's, it's shrimp? It's, yeah, it's yummy. So it's not shrimp, it's corn. It's Instead corn of it's corn with a dynamite twist. Exactly. Ooh, it's a corn, good. so it's a deep fried corn with tempura that comes with a spicy mayo. Everything is homemade. That's a very good... It's a little bit naughty, but sometimes you have to uh, please yourself. We're going out. What about mains? Please tell me there's some steak on uh, the menu. For, for the mains, okay. The, the steakhouse part is quite uh, a small side of the main menu. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you come to Bar, you have to try the meat. We're working with some of the best meat in the world. And it's very important that you get to have this experience. So the classic, always the, we say the filet frites. So, you know, it's a 200 gram prime black angus fillet cut in slices that comes on a little ratio that helps the sauce to keep heated, oh. to, to stay warm the whole time. And it comes with this famous uh, beef bar sauce that we made with extract from the Rollet Paris sauce, uh, which is, a, which is a, a partnership that we have with the Rollet L'Entrecote in, uh, in you, France. You said frites, though, in a very kind of throwaway way. I want details of the carbohydrates. When we're talking chips, are we talking shoestring, skinny, chunky, triple fried? What, how, how, are the, how are the fries at FIFA? Okay, but the, the fries is obviously uh, an important part for yes. us, you know, and it actually took us time. Huh? At the beginning, when I was talking about the observation we are making about the comment, this is something that we took a long time to actually to get it right. We even had experts from Belgium that came to Dubai to actually <laughs> let us I, know how, how to make it. How can I have this job? But the, the main part for the fries is the quality of your potatoes. Mm. It's very important to have the right potatoes and understand that a good fries is made with two different cooking, with two different temperature. Uh, and I'm not going to give you all the secrets, but the idea is to have the, the fries with good quality potato on the skin, cooked the right way with the right oil at the right temperature. Oh my goodness. And to, and to finish, sweet tooth? Do you have a, a dessert well, you'd like to share? I mean, I to? have to finish, obviously, with, the, with the, the dessert that people are coming from Abu Dhabi and, uh, and uh, Ras Al Kaima to, to try. It's, it's called the Marble, uh, marble Bar. So uh, the marble bar, it's, uh, it's basically the chocolate bar that you would dream of, but homemade and made in a, in a gastronomic way. It's got the crunch, it's got the nuts, it's got the caramel, it's got the chocolate, all in layers. We'll cut it in front of you. And the particularity of it is that it comes with a sheet that is a printed sheet that actually represents the marble of meat. So oh, wow. it will technically be... A, Visually, the last piece of meat of your of your dinner, but it's attracting uh, visually, and it's it is just amazing. Diva with us today from Beef Bar. We'd love to know where are you going this weekend? What are you eating up next? We'll talk about what's next. How do you stay consistent? Uh, it's been two years of Beef Bar there at Jamira Al Nassim. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8 with Spinneys. Eat well, live well. We're marking two years of a beef bar. Um, in the final, in the final minute, um, we've got Thibaut Fonbon with us today um, from the operations side. I want, I guess, it's a it's a quick question, but I know it's something you're going to think about an awful lot. What's next? How do you think you're going to continue to evolve and keep people happy and well fed? I mean, uh, we continue to do what we do. Huh? You know, the, uh, when we know we we we're going in this market with the right values, it's important that we continue spreading them. And I think beef bar even if the name can be uh, sometimes misleading, is a restaurant with a lot of value, lots of ethique. And uh, we want to continue in these directions, uh, push the, the producer of meat to produce them in the best possible conditions, mm -hmm. making sure that they respect a certain ethique, ecological, uh, being sustainable, 
um, it is very important for us that we develop and we continue developing this mark in this direction, educating people as well on how to choose the meat because obviously there is, it's a controversial I talk, you know, no, the, I think, the, the I think meat I these days. I think that's really valuable. <coughs> I think people want to go out and have a great evening, but I think more and more we want this idea of, you know, entertainment, education, more enriching experience than just going out. Um, and ultimately that's what food is, it's connection. Um, so if you've got people there who can talk to diners about, you know, what it's all about, that DNA, as you were talking about uh, earlier, then all the better. Thank you so much. Our mission. Thank you. It's been a happy, happy birthday. Happy two years. Thank to, you to so much. Team. Thank you so uh, much. It is there, Thank of course. Thank you for the invitation. My pleasure. Uh, Jamira Al Nassim, right there at Turtle Lagoon Beef Bar, marking two years. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. She's only in her 20s and already doing so so well on the F&B scene and we're talking about the slow food movement now with a bit of a champion of this revolution Anki Ram from Wanda with us food truck that has been in Al and you've got a new home now in Media City yeah we just recently moved to DIC so Media City that is really close know. to our office, by the way. Oh my God, yay. So Please pay us a visit. You can, uh, I'll come to your office next time. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for being with us. You're born and raised in the UAE. Tell I us am. a little bit about what we need to know about your childhood, your food influences growing up to kind of understand what's, what's got you here today. Yeah, honestly, that's, it's really nothing special. I think just by virtue of growing up in the UAE, you're so exposed to like so many different cultures and ethnicities. And my parents are Indian for reference. So I grew up and I like to probably say that I'm a third culture kid. It's very fun, a very fun word to use. Um, but yeah, I think being exposed to like all my friends that I grew up with, the kind of places they came from, the recipes they shared with me when I went to eat there. Um, and basically Wander is an intersection between you know, food and sustainability. And so there's this idea of the slow food movement that we're trying to um, embody, which is everything that fast food isn't, essentially. You are also quite speedy, we should say, but, the, oh. but, but, the, but it's... Uh, <laughs> Sorry it's, about it's, that. No, 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 I just mean the food is fast. It's just not fast food, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for anyone that's not familiar with the concept, of the slow food gotcha. movement. Can you break it down for us? And, and also why it's important. Yeah, for sure. So as I said before, like slow food is everything that fast food is. And in a sense, essentially what it tries to advocate for is one sort of pay a little bit of respect and um, honor the traditions used by different cultures from a culinary perspective. So that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is sourcing, you know, locally, as locally as possible, because in the UAE, that's not necessarily sustainable all the time, right? Um, well, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, when we think about what it can take to grow something here. Exactly. That, even Imagine though growing raspberries in the desert, well, you know, how much water that would take. Well, this is, yeah, that, I think there's a bit of confusion around what, what makes a food truly sustainable. We can think about, you know, the kilometers traveled, but we can also think about resources that go into growing it. Exactly. So it's... It's confusing. I think there's like a good distinction that we can make between ethical, responsible, and sustainable, okay, right? Break it down. And again, like baby steps for each one of them. Ethical, just do the right thing. Responsible is being conscious of where you're sourcing, what you're sourcing, who you work with, how you work. And then sustainable is how many times can we repeat that process again and again and again mm -hmm. till it's a model that everybody can adopt. Do you think people care enough? Do you think diners are kind of engaged in this or are you kind of 
fighting the good fight and hoping that everyone gets on the train? Um, it's a little bit of both, to be honest. I think I have a lot of faith, especially in this region and our generation as well. Like we're placing a lot of emphasis on it. But yes, I do think that the word sustainable is now used sort of as a blanket term. Yeah. It's, uh, it gets you a lot of brownie points for sure. But I think there are people in this industry that are paying that level of attention and de a level of attention to that detail, right? I agree. I'm, and certainly around cop I'm, I'm going to be very open here we had an awful lot of people mm. you know pitching their restaurants pitching mm. their chefs being like you know cop 28 on we want to talk about sustainability and i'm like yeah but if we actually scratch this you know is 100%. this just a bit of greenwashing and you're just trying to look relevant at a time when we're talking you about bet. this and so like what we try to do at wonder is like you please pay us a visit first of all but when you come by you'll notice that we don't really use these words like healthy sustainable nutritious although those are everything that we're trying to incorporate into our, not just our food, but our practices when we work with our staff and our chefs and things like that. But it's something that's supposed to be a given, mm -hmm. not like an advertising slogan. So I think that's the thing that we're trying to focus on a little bit better on. Anki, can you make us hungry? When we, if we were going to come down to um, Wanda, to the, and we're going to talk about the food truck business model in a few minutes, but mm. before we get to the, the money side, let's talk about the menu side. Yeah. What's so on the menu and why is it there? So we basically tried to translate everything in a really easy way, which is wraps for us. Like that's our uh, main game. We also do bowls and we have a couple of fun sides. And the reason we did that was because we wanted to focus on, again, like something that was convenient, mm -hmm. but we could translate a bunch of really good flavors towards. So we have our best seller, which is the Bangkok bundle, which is imagine a Thai green curry, but in a wrap. Yes, please. right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's mess free, uh, really tasty. Obviously, we use a bunch of flavors and textures within each wrap. No ingredients are really repeated in any wrap. But at the same time, we've developed it in a way that sourcing those ingredients doesn't make it complicated for us to develop certain standard operating procedures mm -hmm. when it comes to those wraps. So, what yeah. about the food waste piece? It must be a bit complicated. It's in terms a huge of part of it, right? Yeah, because, you know, when we've spoken about this on the show before, we had Russell and Piazzi in the studio, who's a you know, really amazing chef who's committed, you know, on a big scale in a hotel yep. to measuring, tracking, reducing food waste because he can literally weigh what comes in after that the breakfast buffet, whereas people are taking the food and away from you right it's that what you said it's that easy basically again when you try to do things and implement such such sustainable practices it's as simple as weighing what comes in weighing what didn't sell mm -hmm. and then being accountable for that every week every day every month um and just trying to see if you can improve it every time at wonder we prefer being sold out of something than having excess stock of something yeah. um but yeah it's those little measures we're completely against single-use plastics um, it's not easy to avoid down the supply chain. Obviously, we try to work with our suppliers. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's an education piece for them as well. Mm -hmm. So if you want to work with us, this is, you know, these are our, you know, to exactly. borrow a psychological term, you know, these are our boundaries. These are our terms. This is, these are our standards that we hold ourselves to, and, you know, want to hold you to Correct. as well. Um, we're going to talk about um, being an entrepreneur in a few minutes, but I want to come back to the food truck because sure. we see all over the world it being a really good launch pad for people looking to test the waters, you know, test out a you know, concept, a cuisine, even, mm. you know, even dishes. We haven't got that many in the UAE. Yep. Um, and instead, what we see is actually during Expo, we saw a lot of kind of people trying out there. We see Global Village as a place of people yep. going to, to yep. start them. And of course, pop-ups in places like Al-Sakal. Um, why was it a food truck that you wanted to start with for Wanda? I think it's exactly what you said. It's a really good launch pad for small businesses. I think it was a really good opportunity for us to just get to know if we're onto something over mm. here. Do people like the product? And 
Um, spoiler alert, it was a big yes. Yeah. Um, wow, you've got some news to announce. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it basically propelled us to want to open a permanent outlet based on this idea, right, and this concept. It's not easy, for sure, mm -hmm. but it's definitely been fun and a really exciting and engaging experience. Anki Ram with us today from Wonder. We're going to talk next about the next step from food truck to permanent space. How are they adopting the menu, adapting the menu? Um, and also a little bit about what's it like? What challenges has she faced as a young entrepreneur in a really competitive space? This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. We're exploring the slow food movement via Food Truck Wonder and founder Anki Ram. But... There is news. There is plans afoot for a permanent space. What have you been working on with Wanda? So we've been cooking up and fitting out our soon-to-be forever home in JLT. Yay! Uh, super, super excited for that. It's going to be a little small, cozy nook for people to just come by, grab a bite or sit and work if they wanted to as well. And how's that evolved? You've been talking before about you know how wraps are the kind of backbone of the menu yep. and some bowls as well. With a permanent space, is it an opportunity? Is it offer more challenges? How are you changing the menu? 100%. So we're kind of expanding the menu and exploring this idea of market plates or field plates as we like to call them. I think it's a concept that's kind of unexplored in Dubai. You have the build your own bowl thing here but market plates um, kind of focus on warm, fo warm food so uh, cooked a la menu so you get to pick a protein, a side or two sides, a salad and some carbs so you have like an all-encompassing meal. Wow, sounds good. I need to ask you. Um, Please do. <laughs> you're so I'm scared. You're, no, you're so, you're so young you're so successful and you've just got your head screwed on like crazy <laughs> and I wondered what you know what kind of challenges you faced when it comes to entrepreneurship especially in the F&B space we know how competitive it is in, sure. in Dubai For sure. um, what big learnings have you had Anki? Um, I think just generally one of the big learning biggest learnings I've had is just like just do it like whatever comes your way just do it like ma make your mark and run through it um, I think other than that every day has a sort of new challenge but when it's the next day it almost seems like something that was, you know, won. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer perceived as a challenge. I think generally for me, the biggest challenge is definitely getting your foot in the door with certain places. I think being, well, I hate to say, but like young and female and things like that, it, it poses its challenges every now and again. But um, I think that's something that everyone feels and endures in their own rights. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of just persevering and telling yourself every morning that you got it, you can do it, it's fine. Everyone's going to, you know, have their say but you just got to make your way what about the role of mentors or people that inspire you anyone we can give a shout out to uh yeah, yeah. i have i guess um i have to say like i know it's very cliche but my dad uh he moved here some 35 odd years back he has his own business he's an entrepreneur so i got those genes from him i guess um just kind of seeing the way he does things uh, his management style is something i definitely look up to he's very people centric and that's something that i really aspire to be and bring into the fnb space Thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your passion. Um, can you give us a little mention of where where we can find the food truck right now? Because the physical space isn't opening until April. Uh, and where to find you online as well? Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely find us online. Deliveroo, Kareem, Noon, uh, we're everywhere. Uh, you can pay us a visit in Media City, right by the Oracle building. Although we will be hopping about perhaps in two weeks back to Old Circle, maybe? Oh, okay. I don't know. Is Stay the, tuned. Is the Instagram the best place to find out where you are? A thousand percent. Okay. Uh, we're at Wander With Us. And that's Wanda, no E. No E. <laughs> no E. Anki, thank you so much. Thank it's you so really, much for having really me, Helen. It's really wonderful to 
hear like a proper homegrown success story and I'm going to be getting one of those wraps for my lunch next week. It Thank was you. my pleasure. Thanks for having me. This is Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Spinneys. Eat well, live well. We are talking food and that can be in restaurants, it can be on the barbecue, it can be in the supermarket. Um, but we're offering also some ideas about where to go and what to eat. Um, we're joined now with Chef Aeneas speaking to us from Sofitel Dubai The Palm ahead of an incredible four-hand dinner with Chef Geoffrey Tobing. Chef, how are you? Hello, Helen. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you for making time. I know how busy you guys are because it's all happening very, very soon indeed. Yeah. Um, just be, well, let's get straight to it. When are you guys going to be collaborating? Because I hear the clock is ticking. Oh, we are very exciting. Um, it's an exciting opportunity to blend our culinary style and culture, creating a unique dinner experience for our guests. And I'm very glad to represent the Sofitel Paris Le Faubourg here in uh, Dubai. When and when is the collaboration going to be? Two of you taking over the kitchen there at Sofitel Dubai Palm, but when? Oh, it's taking place tonight and tomorrow in the pot house steak and grill in the Sofitel Dubai the Palm. So now, basically, if you haven't got plans for tonight or indeed tomorrow night, porterhouse, steak and grill, it's part of the Epicure Culinary Month. Um, and I wondered what we can expect. What's it been like collaborating with Chef Jeff? Oh, we're cooperating to create a five-course set menu, which you will find amuse-bouche, is a nice um, smoked beef croquette, an appetizer is a scallop um, carpaccio. A middle course will be the veal sweet bread, the main course, tournado rossini. For dessert is the traditional Paris-Brest, the hazelnut praliné, and to finish with the cheese trolley. That sounds absolutely amazing. Um, we've been talking about forehand dinners earlier today. We had Chef Tristan Farmer and Chef Solomon Haddad from Moonrise who are together in the kitchen at Moonrise next week, Monday, Tuesday. And they were talking about the art of collaboration, about you know really getting into the details and, and playing to each other's strengths, actually. What's it been like to work together on this menu? How have you divided the responsibilities and indeed playing to your own strengths, Chef? Um... It, 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 we really enjoy to share our culture and bring also the essence of the French um, gastronomy. We are very proud um, with Chef Jeffrey tonight and we really forward to welcome our guest in the Sofitel Dubai de Palme. And we really hope uh, them to give them a very great culinary experience with us. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. This is your last chance to check it out. It is happening Sofitel to buy the Palm Porterhouse just tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, Chef Anais and Chef Jeffrey coming together for a special four-hand dinner. Chef, thank you so, so much. Absolute pleasure to catch up. Thanks for being with us on this episode of Farmer's Kitchen. You can tune in live every single Friday afternoon between 2 and 5 on Dubai Eye 103.8.